You're listening to the Hindu Business Lines Field Notes podcast with TR Vivek. Hello dear listeners and welcome to another episode of Field Notes, the weekly podcast on all things agribusiness from the Hindu Business Line. I'm your host TR Vivek. The recent repeal of the three farm laws has made the reformists despondent. They argue that it's a huge opportunity lost to drag Indian agriculture out of status quo and unleash India's actual farm potential. Is it all so gloom and doom? In the absence of the three laws, is Indian farming consigned to a state of perpetual entropy? What can be done to make Indian agriculture a $400 billion meandering elephant to dance? To discuss all that, we have with us today Padmanand B. Padmanand is a partner for public sector at the India arm of the global services firm Grant Thornton Bharat. Padmanand has has an MPhil in economics from Cambridge and specializes in value chain and entrepreneurship development in the agri sector. At Grant Thornton, he helps FPOs or farmer producer organizations to come into existence and scale up. Welcome to Field Notes, Padmanand. Yeah. Hello. Thank you. Uh, Padmanand, let me begin by asking you if uh, it is all gloom and doom for the agri sector in the absence of uh, the three much wanted farm laws. Uh, okay. Let me, uh, in fact, just as a background. I was appointed by the ADB as policy economist for implementing the farm laws. Okay. And one month later, I find I am out of contract. Okay. <laughs> Meaning, we spoke to Dr. Dalwai and to others also. Dalwai ji ne January mein batai ye to hone wala nahi hai. This is not going to work out due to various reasons. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to compromise on various issues. What were the compromises we asked? Dr. Dalwai, we and the ADB team. So what uh, Dr. Dalwai and many others, many other experts mentioned, was that we'll had to compromise one, uh, you know, there are various components of the farm law. One is with regard to say contract farming. So contract farming, you know, India may hota hai hai, six farms, six maybe contract farming uh, arrangements uh, actually in, in action. The others are only MOU based farming. So the problem in the contract farming act was that the distribute, the, the redressal mechanism or the redressal fora is basically the APMC, it was. So the under the new uh, under the under the revised uh, farm law at uh, the act, the object of the the redressal mechanism was to be at the district collector level, you know, so that it's not a conflict of interest. The APMC is not going to encourage contract farming. So then, nothing is going to be implemented. So let it be the district collector. The second one was that it will not go to court. It will be the at the, at the the authority would be the district collector or the magistrate, and they would decide this. So a separate authority, district collector or principal secretary agriculture, other than the APMC, and no judicial interference, so that both the parties are comfortable. Now that has been repealed, uh, but even without uh, even with with or without comfort in any contract farming act in agri commodities, particularly in horticulture, there there is one clause with regard to the price being fixed. Earlier, it was that the price should not be lower than the previous year. Now it is that prices can be whatever the property fixed. But anyway, prices are never fixed uh, in, a, in, a, in agriculture, horticulture, based on our experience dealing with thousands of FPOs and with hundreds of stakeholders across the country. Right? So the, anyway, so that is off. But uh, we don't think that it's necessarily going to hurt the Indian economy or otherwise because with or without the Contract Farming Act, uh, fixation of prices in agriculture commodities is not going to happen. 
you know, in most commodities. Nobody can fix the price, nobody can predict the price because there is no market intelligence system in the country, which is a systematic error. We should have an intelligence system like the US government has, the collect information on production, collect information on supply, estimate a demand supply gap and predict the prices. That is what all, all professional governments do. India, we are not able to evolve that system as yet. Though World Bank and ADB are presently working extensively on this, you know, use uh, remote sensing drones to identify over which farmer is producing what crop, seeing how much is it more than the present uh, demand and what is the demand supply gap. And then you can easily uh, tentatively, I mean, indicatively predict the rise or fall in prices. No system We don't know who's producing what. Only at harvest season, we'll know whether it's going to be a glut or there is going to be a shortfall with our demand. So it's mainly speculative. And that is where traders get, you know, traders get in. If it's uh, if it's falling, they will hold and then sell. If it is rising, they will sell. But ultimately, the farmer is not benefited either way, right? So for the farmer to benefit, what you need is beyond the law. Farmer to benefit, he needs something like, for example, he requires credit. He should also be able to convert to be himself into a trader. He should have access to credit. He should have access to storage facility. Until he does that, avoid distress sale. Until the commodity is sold at the right time, at the right place, and to the right person, you cannot make money. Anybody, nobody can make money in agribusiness at the commodity stage. So the farmer ko wo empower karna hai, we do through FPOs. We have a credit guarantee mechanism, which has been introduced by SFAC, Nabad, etc. This credit guarantee for two crores now. Two crore ta koi bhi FPO, without collateral, they can avail of the instrument. And it is supported by banks. Banks are eligible for doing So Padmanand is... Uh, uh... Or are FPOs that magic bullet uh, that will help us to overcome the despondency of farm loss? That is one of the interventions. There are, you know, there are various gaps which we'll cover as we go on. This is the most critical intervention. Avoid distress sale. Otherwise, if it is a bumper harvest, also farmer loses. If it is a glut, also farmer loses. There is no way he can win. <laughs> so this is the first step. If you, if you if you could if you could briefly tell the listeners or provide a little bit of context as to what the three farm laws were trying to address yeah so and one in, was, their, in their absence what happens absolutely so one was with regarding to the contract farming act and reform which like i had indicated with or without we can go ahead through mou based farming assuming both parties are doing reasonably very well and they are uh, up to uh, standards now the second major issue was with regarding to the APMC monopoly. You know, APMC, which are evolved uh, decades ago as a means to benefit farmers. In many cases, there is a cartelization has evolved. APMCs are, the, are the market yards where uh, farmers yeah. get their products. So you find a few commission agents cornering the whole thing, fixing the prices. Right. So they decide, and no names again, I don't want to mention. It's uh, not uh, political or diplomatic to mention names. You may find a few big wigs controlling the whole economy the trading economy, you know, so billions of dollars of uh, whether the price should rise or fall of a commodity, it decided by a few commission agents. So they will be, um, they may be storing, they may be stocking and various other issues. So that is why the government very appropriately thought of interfering in this area. But again, it is not necessary this happens in all states. For example, Kerala does not have an APMC. Bihar does not have an APMC for the last several decades. So there is the, the, the so what the uh, antagonist says, Bihar, Kerala, maybe farmer ka khas koi benefit nahi hua hai. So why, what is the benefit of removing APMC? They are also right in a way. Because the APMC also is only one spoke uh, in the whole uh, uh, ecosystem. So like I said, oneness distress sale should be avoided. And that should be only through credit and storage for the farmer. 
individual farmer cannot access it and cannot do it. You need FPOs, aggregation, right? 500 farmers doing it together. They can get both the credit. They can also get storage facilities under Government of India schemes. There are schemes of Government of India, RKBY, MOFP schemes, Ministry of Food Processing, where between 50 to effectively under, with the agri-infra fund, 60 to 70% grant is provided for FPOs or people who go in for setting up some storage facilities. So it is all available in the ecosystem. What you need is professionals working with the FPOs and getting it done. But the problem in India is we don't have adequate number of professionals to work with FPOs to get it done. <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, this is very put in very crude terms, but uh, that is a critical gap, an absence of professionalism in the ecosystem, absence of trained professionals uh, working in the ecosystem, both FPOs or farmer space. But the, all this could be easily done if you have a sufficient number of cadre of doing it. We do it at GT, many other firms are doing it. But compared to 14 crore farmers to be benefited, we may be benefiting uh, maybe about 20 million or 10, uh, say two or three million, you know, and all of us together may be benefiting maybe 10 million. So the majority is still outside the ambit, but we hope all that will be addressed through expertise being spread, through trained experts moving around and getting it done. So th this is the second law with regarding to the APMC uh, repealment. The third major issue is with regarding to essential commodities, storage. So essential commodities, like say cold stores, India, 30% of horticulture produce is going down the drain because of absence of storage facility. Any state, right, from Tamil Nadu to Maharashtra, 30%. Because the problem is when production is there and you don't dispose it off immediately, um, the marketable surplus is not disposed of immediately uh, in the domestic market or global market, then ultimately you have to throw it to the uh, roadside. That's what happens, mangoes or uh, 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 vegetables also, onions. Tomatoes, uh, classic case in Tomatoes, Korea. absolutely. A few months ago, they were selling for, uh, absolutely. You know, farmers were throwing throwing them off. Absolutely. Not being able to find so if you have storage facilities right and say Now IQF at 120 form. rupees a kilo. Yes. So you have IQF and blast freezing facilities by which you can store such commodities also, which goes beyond cold stores for an extended shelf life up to one year, two year. So that when the off-season time comes or when peak demand happens, it can come into the market. For this also, the Essential Commodities Act basically uh, 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 is against hoarding of commodities. Now, storing commodities is not hoarding. It is ensuring supply of the commodity throughout the year so that it is viable. Not only the commodity prices will be stable. Also, the processor who's into tomato processing will find it viable to process. Otherwise, I've just come back from Dubai after interacting with all the global players, Lulu and that kind of thing. You know, the price of tomatoes increased changes from between 10 rupees 120 rupees per kilo, 10 to 120. Look at the difference, 1,000 times increase. So what people are doing is backward integration now. One is the cold store and IKF and blast freeze facility. The second one is with regarding to setting up polyhouses for tobacco. So many, many, far, many large farmers, but to a limited extent, because people are not aware of these best practices, setting up 100 acres of polyhouse. 100 acres of polyhouse karne ke baad, when they do, they cultivate off-season vegetables, all off-season fruits. So off-season food vegetable cultivate karna through greenhouses is one of the solutions by which essential commodities can retain stable prices. The other means, again, is like in the case of onion. All the FPOs in Maharashtra, we've been working with 400 FPOs in Maharashtra under World Bank project. <coughs> All these FPOs were interlinked with NAFED for the minimum support price program. So FPOs have their controlled atmosphere storage facility. They store 500 tons of onion each. 500 tons of onion each for three months. So that the three months when the price collapses, the, they, they don't sell the whole stock. They only sell part of it, their stock. 
half of it or that kind of thing. Half of 50% of their output is sold only after three months. So the price is maintained. And for that, again, we need a credit facility. We need storage infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So the MPO route can easily resolve all these issues with regard to essential commodities, with regarding to, and there is no ban on FPO storing commodities. You know, it's a farmer, it's not a trader. Right. So essential commodities is coming solution. FPO is a solution for the essential commodity, which is repealed. And the FPO is the solution again for the contract farming, which is not imposed because throughout India, FPOs are working on the base of MOUs. Working with a corporate does not guarantee you good prices. We are working with say big firms, not to mention names. What is the difference, sir? What is the difference, uh, Padmanand, between MOU and a contract? No price is fixed. Very simple. Meaning what happens in a contract fixed. and what happens with yeah. the MOU? So what happens in contract farming and MOU farming is ultimately what is common is that the large firm says what variety they want, what variety, what size, what color, what thing, and they provide the training also to the farmer. They also transfer good agricultural practices. In some cases, like we are done for maize with CPCs and uh, uh, Cargill, is that transfer of technology is given in terms of seed also provided, you know, so that the variety happens. So because of good agricultural practice being transferred, seed variety being informed, and yield also increased by 20, 10 to 20%. So cost reduction and yield increase and market correct. So what buyers want, go variety ka commodity will drive. Farmers go into it, they make money. So in a MOU-based farming, this and contract farming, both of this happens. They transfer what the buyer wants, uske mutabik supplier makes. But the differences in contract farming, the buyer is dependent or has to supply only to the person who, who's tied up with him and he has no alternative. So price are fixed. Both of them are reducing their contract if they don't supply to each other. In MOU, they are given the option to supply to anybody else. So assuming maize, when we did it, CPs, maize, CPC seeds, 20,000 farmers supplying about 4,000 tons to CPCs, the biggest uh, poultry manufacturer in the world, with a factory in Pune also. So when the price of three seasons, they supply to CPCs. The fourth season, when the CPCs rates were 100 rupees per quintal, lesser than the market rate, they supply to somebody else. You know, So this option, alternate market linkages for FPOs, is another option by which we can dissolve. And this is through MOU-based farm. With gentlemen's agreement, that's subject to your transferring information, we will also give first preference to you. But if your price is not matching the market, we may supply to anybody else. This is what right. happens. Right. Hundreds of MOUs you have entered and very operating very well. Right. Padmanand, uh, <coughs> tell us briefly about what, what are FPOs? Uh, and why is collectivization the need of the R uh, for the Indian farmer? Uh, and how does this model work? Yeah, you know, I would have worked in, say, about 25 countries across the world, right from South Africa to Namibia to uh, East Asia for the UN and various other organizations. You'll find that most of the other countries, it'd be 100 acres is a small holding. 1,000 acres is a typical okay holding. Mm -hmm. India, may average holding is one acre. But a 0.8 hectare, one and a half acre or whatever. Some cases, it is lesser. Meaning, it is utter economics. Mainly because of land ceiling and land... Fragmentation. You know, we have the tenancy laws, landlords, land taken and given to tenants everywhere, including in Kerala in a big way. Ultimately, what has happened, happened is maybe 50 years ago or 70 years ago, landlord lost his land, it went to the tenant. Tenant had 10 acres each. Then tenant had 10 children. 10 children go ek ek acre bante. Go 10 children had two children each. So ultimately, what happens is the land has fragmented so much. And you know how it works. So land has fragmented to such an extent 
that it is unviable to invest either in good in inputs or going for farm mechanization. So a large farmer with 100 acres or 20 acres in his control, at least, can invest in farm mechanization. Tractor ko use kar sakta hai. Achhi sahi jagah se he can source the inputs so that he does not go into spurious pesticides and depend on the local trader who's often, you know, sometimes I'd say, sometimes very unscrupulous. 50% of pesticides in India, they say, is adulterated. Right? So, kaise productivity hoga, increase hoga. But the farmer is dependent on the local trader because he is small. Local trader gives him credit also. So, because of uneconomic size holdings, they are not able to upgrade productivity, technology, or input also. So, aggregation of farmers into 300 farmers per FPO is what the government normally requires, minimum, up to 500 to 1,000 also, meaning each farmer having one acre of land or even 1.5 acre. It is a question of about 1.5 to 2 acres, about 1,000 acres under the control of each FPO. 1,000 acres, if it is say cereal pulses, it means an output of maybe two harvests a year, about 2,000 tons a year, if it is cereal pulses. If it is horticulture, it may be 10,000 tons, you know, five to 10 times much more, depending on the commodity. So this is a volume by which you can do both. Forward, maybe you cooperative cooperative. Backward area also, you can become cooperative. Backward area means what? If you are doing about 1,000 acres under control, the input you require, seed, pesticide, fertilizer, we have estimated for 300 to 500 farmers, depending on 1,000 acres, is about two and a half crore rupees. Meaning all the big input suppliers, be it UPL, Bayer, Syngenta, Yara, Seed, everyone would not mind making the FPO a dealer or a distributor. Once that is done, the cost of production falls by 25%. Oh. That, is the, that is the margin a retailer makes. Imagine so, a 25% reduction cost of production. So, so you are yeah. you are leveraging the economies of scale whereby yes. you are cutting out the distribution yes. margins for other people, yeah. and yes. because of your size, because of you know your yes. you have about thousand acres yes. uh, in your yes. as, yes. as holding, so you yes. get access to inputs at a cheaper cost. Yeah, with a substantially cheaper cost, twenty five percent cost reduction, meaning a thirty percent increase in farm income, net farm incomes. You know, in horticulture per acre, the cost of inputs is thirty thousand rupees per acre. If you can reduce 8,000 rupees, 8,000 rupees farm income increases, or 1,000 rupees a month, that kind of thing. In cereal sponsored, lesser, 10,000 only. But horticulture go to 40,000, 50,000. Chili are now 40,000 per acre is the cost of pesticide alone. And the margin there is 40%, not 25%. You know, so that is the difference they can make reduction. Second one is coming together for marketing also gives a volume to directly market. So what does the trader have? He aggregates commodities. Typical trader. He also does has been doing a good job. Aggregation and will supply karte. But problem is most of the money also goes to him. But once the farmer does this, he can offer 500 tons to anybody. He can offer 1,000 tons to anybody, CPCs or anybody. He can deal directly with the buyer. Mm -hmm. What does the buyer want? Grade karo, sort karo. So uske liye facility chai. Either they do it manually or through a beast like a common facility center. If it is horticulture, cleaning grading table, packaging plastic crates. 10,15,000,000, including building. If it is uh, uh, maize pulses or food crops, you need a cleaning grading machine, which for two ton per hour, it costs about 8 lakh, 8 lakh, 9 lakhs. 9 lakh a machine chahiye, building of 9 lakhs. Small, a flat ka 1,500 square feet, building madri uh, size. So with this itself, you can ensure direct market access. Direct market access, what is the benefit? The trader will be making at least a 10 to 20% margin the market also. These are, they are getting it directly. So in the input, they reduce their cost by 20 to 25%. Market, they increase their connect 
and increase their margins by 10 or 20 percent prices. And crop advisory is given by the input supplier because direct connect to the farmer. And nowadays, all the big players give crop advisory services. Globally, best practices advise services through apps to capture the farmers now, FPOs, as a free service. You know, so that, that itself is increasing yield by, by another 20-30%. So doubling farmer income through these interventions, three intra or four interventions, input shop, crop advisory services, direct market connect to alternate markets, and a common facility center for cleaning grading is assured. So what our prime minister says can be done by these three, four interventions. We are doing it throughout the country. And along with this, a credit connect. So we do a credit connect of, say, even a 5 lakh rupees to an FPO can ensure that they do 2 crore business only in input or market. I will tell you how. Say, 5 lakh a farmer FPO gets for rotation money, rotating money. He rotates it every four days. 5 lakhs, he gets the money. Uh, what is what the, is rotation money? How is rotation that money? meaning uh, 5 lakh of pesticides. Say, 30 types of pesticides and fertilizers are required. So he buys this. First, it will be seeds, you know, in the Kharif season. Seeds in the first two weeks, then fertilizer, then pesticide. So seeds he will buy, say, 5 lakh worth of seeds. He will give it to them, sell it to their members. Again, the FPO will buy. Again, sell. So four days, they will rotate this 5 lakhs. Four to five days. So in a matter of three-month season, harvest season, production to harvest season, the meaning, the, the full production, uh, what do we say? Full sowing, it is about two to three months. Three months, he will rotate that 5 lakhs at least about 10 times. So 5, or, sorry, 12 times. Meaning 5 into 12, about 70 lakh of business a farmer can do, a farmer group can do with just 5 lakh of rupees. We, pre we prepare the plan and help, help them do it. You know, So this ensures that they don't need to pay a big deposit. They don't need big money, 70 lakhs for makings, 25% cost reduction. 5 lakhs they can do, 70 lakh business. And the 70 lakh business left, well, 25 lakhs is the cost reduction because that is the dealer rate. So 20 and 25 lakh meaning about 20, 15 lakhs is the benefit to the FPO. <coughs> Similarly, for market talks, a 5 lakh uh, limit will facilitate them to give a credit sale to buyers. The big corporate direct want credit sale. They will not pay cash like a trader in advance, low and lesser amount. They may want two weeks, three weeks. So this working capital facilitates that also. Third one is avoiding distress sale. Part of the volume, meaning if the FPO can produce two tons, about 500 tons they store for two months. When the price is reasonable, they will out on the market. It is good both for the consumer, good for the farmer also. So these five interventions are most critical and very, very simply to be done if the good professionals are working in the field. We can do it for all the farmers. Input, crop advisory, uh, credit linkage, uh, market direct market connect, and common facility center where required. Many cases you don't require the common festivals. Grading sorting can be done in the open. And then, uh, Padmanand, how easy or difficult is it for farmers to collectivize themselves and to start something like an FPO? Uh, the government had, uh, you know, this uh, big scheme of uh, you know ten thousand creating ten thousand yeah, yeah. FPOs. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I did a show with uh, Vilas Shinde uh, of yeah. Sahyadri Farms, Sahyadri, yeah. and uh, a few farmers got in touch with me and said that you know how do I go about it? You know, it is difficult to get all members of my family to agree to something. How <laughs> do I then go and get three hundred other farmers like me? Uh, so how does yeah. this work? And what is See, we do mobilization in two months? Okay. Two months, whereas others may take one year or two years. How you speak business. A farmer is not a food. He's a very intelligent man. And he knows everything about his business. 
you say your your you invest 1000 rupees as share capital 300 of you you are getting 3 lakh this 3 lakh can be made 6 lakhs within one month only through an input shop because you are getting a 25% reduction meaning for example uh, like i told you an fpo in one harvest alone is doing 70 lakh input business 70 lakh input business what is the margin 25% so 25% of 70 lakhs it is about uh, 25 uh, 25 lakhs and these are 21 Uh, 72 14 14 about uh, 18 to 19 lakhs so 19 lakhs the fpo is making with a 3 lakh investment by member meaning what is the return on investment for us 1000 rupees each farmer is making 3000 rupees return within a matter of 3 months you speak business you show it to them you make some other speak to another farmer leader next door who we have already done or through video or go and see within within a matter of weeks the farmer leaders would evolve the network so we we speak business so what we how find do you, is how do you go about mobilizing uh, farmers to collectivize them very so simple is, these 10 businesses business models we evolve in that particular location we present it to them we make them interact with our hundreds of success stories across the country through webinar webinar and they understand sahi baat that these people would not have food to eat now they are all roaming in their four wheelers and uh, speaking only in crores that kind of thing so why not us also so now it's all a matter of days if you do it professionally mobilization is a matter of days regardless of whether it even if jharkhand even in jharkhand we do it in five, four months aspirational district you know where which are the poorest districts in the country uh, in jharkhand many districts including hazaribagh yeah. so why why haven't fpos been able to take off in the way that the government envisaged it to Uh, again, you know, of the 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 ten thousand FPOs plan, I think hardly statistics say that hardly thirty uh, percent are active. You know, and even that would be on the higher side. Yeah. What what prevents them scaling up and being yeah. active? In fact, yesterday I was in Delhi uh, on a fireside chat with Neil Kamal Darbari ji, the Secretary of Agriculture and uh, MD of SFPs, the architect of the ten thousand FPO program. It is only one year old. we were also closely involved in them preparing the whole thing our expertise our inputs has all got it is only 8 to 9 months old so the difference between what has happened the last 10 years and what is happening now is only happening now last few months is this earlier in fact madam and also declared it yesterday there were no professionals working in the field you would not find a kpmg mckinsey or pricewaterhouse or uh, the big reliance foundations working this in a big way they you will find only some small ngos NGOs who, where the typical employee, if you speak to him, he may not even be an MBA. He may be an undergraduate. You ask him to prepare a business plan, the staff will not be able to prepare it. You ask him to speak to Pepsi's procurement manager, बात नहीं कर सकते. You ask him to speak to prepare an Excel sheet plan on the viability of uh, input operation. Even after training for one week also, you will not be able to do it. So that has been the standard of professionals who have been working in the ecosystem. Not to criticize. it is mainly because the ecosystem was broadly focused on livelihood meaning on a uh, public delivery of services that kind of not on entrepreneurship not on business it was so an how, aggregation how, how do how do professional services firms like uh, gt yeah. or or i told you when we get in within so one do you, week how do you how do you make the money at which stage do you get in and uh, does the government incentivize you to work with yeah. uh, these fpos yeah. so how does it make it viable for the professionals to come in in our team say before we are having three people from iim ahmedabad you know the rate of an iim in ahmedabad okay i am from cambridge i have say three other people from asian institute of technology and that kind of thing and irma irmas all the irmas 
So these are premium professionals, about 200 of them. And of course, junior field workers, hundreds of them, LRPs and different types. So we do the total package, right, from mobilization to, and we don't involve anybody else. Because we have seen that once you involve all kinds of quality will suffer and it's very risky. We cannot afford a brand, brand equity being affected. That is one. So what we find is uh, you do it in a business-like fashion. You present in Hindi ho, ya Bengali ho, we present the business plan after rapid diagnosis of about one month of each ecosystem. You know, that particular block, a block is typically an MPO uh, involving, involving about 12 villages, 13 villages. We do a rapid diagnosis, prepare the plans, PowerPoint in local language and all that, media and success videos and all that, then do a one-day awareness program involving all the farmers. Throw in about 12 villages, 14 villages. We find that and motivate the leaders. There will be leaders behind these, not the village level. They will form the groups along with the other members and come to us. In a matter of two months, the group is evolved. 300 members willing to pay 1,000 rupees each. So I remember many MPs in other locations saying, will these farmers pay 1,000 rupees to you? I said, give us two weeks time, we'll make, not 1,000, we'll collect even 5,000 from the poor farmer. Mm -hmm. So if he sees business, he does it. That's how we've been working. And question is, where does the money come from? Like earlier, till last year, when there were 7,000 FPO, this record you say 30% not working, 70% not working is with regard to what was earlier. This 10,000 FPO is only coming now. It's only eight months old. So we are waiting for the results. And it's all deliverable based. Until the 3,000 people pay their money, a contribution, there is no money paid to the consultant. Input shop is not open, no money to the consultant. Credit, it's all there, each, each activity. So, so it's very result-oriented. That's why many, many people are worried also. We cannot deliver. <laughs> people are not, uh, uh, you know, who are not experienced. So you are, you are paid by the government of India? Yes. So under the present model, earlier model till last 10 years, about 7 to 8 lakhs used to be paid per FP. It was not viable for anyone, even for us. We never used to do it. We used to do only World Bank and ADB project. For the last six years, we've been working only for the World Bank or the ADB for with thousands of FPOs. Then the last few years, we, we started working with the government, state government. So now the rate has been increased from 8 lakhs or whatever to about 25 lakhs. Not even 8, it was 5 lakhs. 5 lakh pay, you think even one for three years. 5 lakh pay, a chai wala salaries will also not be covered. Five years, you've paid 20,000 rupees to a person. A year, it's coming to 2.5 lakhs. Three years, it's coming to 7 lakhs. So 20,000 rupee person will work with the FPO. What do you expect? He can come and serve cheap. <laughs> In terms of delivery. But now it is 25 lakhs and the government is trying to ensure there is scale economies. 20 FPOs in one location. So that is viable for the professional. There are fixed and variable costs. Viable for the professional to deploy 10 to 20 people. Marketing expert, financial expert, charter accountants. You know, we deploy about 15 people, experts for each thing, but they will not spend full time with one FPO, one year a month with one FPO. So if it's 10 to 15 FPO in one location, it is commercially viable for professionals to offer services. That all government has realized and doing it now. So now it has come to 25 lakhs per FPO. Even then, even if it's 25 lakh for three years, if it is one person working with one FPO in one distant region, Manipur, you imagine the viability. You pay one lakh per salary, even for a four-year-old MBA from uh, say a reasonably good institution, it will be one lakh. Right, is what the salary they expect. Who can prepare a business plan can interact. We can train him over the through Zoom and uh, Teams, but minimum go ahead. So, see, they can get three years' pay, it is 36 lakhs. It is a loss of nine lakhs over who's working in FPO. So, we require 10 FPOs there, and it will not be one person, it will be five percent. 
other supporting asset when required. So all this model is now fit in the government program. 25 lakh per FPO is paid by the government of India for the period of three, five years, in fact, not three. So that kind of thing. And 18 lakhs goes directly to the FPO. 18 lakhs is for their CEO, manager for a two-year period. Right? So it is reasonably well. In World Bank and ADB and foundation project, it is several times more. It's not just 25 lakhs, much more. But their expectations are also much higher. Okay. What they will say is, we don't want 500 farmers with 100 farmers being very active. We expect all 500 farmers income to be doubled in three years. We give guarantees and work. <laughs> we do those kind of things also. So there the fees are slightly higher. So everyone is into this because otherwise it is a question of throwing thousands of crores down the drain, which mm. has happened till now in, in many cases. right? But now at least the thousands of crores which is going is productively spent. And closely. Right. That is right. the difference. And everyone is now into it. Uh, there is always this fear of uh, a lopsided balance of power, uh, even when farmers are collectivized, when dealing with, say, a large corporate, you know, there's always this boogie of uh, Ambani Adadi Absolutely. type Absolutely. thing. You know, even after collectivization, do they have that power to uh, uh, to negotiate price with, with, a, with a large global company like Cargill or CPC? You're absolutely right. See, CPCs or Mother Dairy, NDDB is our own firm, our own Mother India's firm, Mother Dairy. But Mother Dairy, when we did, we, we get to baby corn. Say, not to mention names. Okay, baby corn, we got to some commodity with Mother Dairy. But finally, at the market, when we tried to sell it, the rate they offered was, I mean, whichever firm, not to mention names again, was half the market rate. Because they are also doing business. They cannot go bankrupt just to feed a farmer. So they are based on sourcing also. Everybody has global sourcing. If the rate they get is cheaper from somewhere else, maybe from Argentina, it may be from Bihar. They get it at summer rate for whatever reason at that time. They will buy it at cheaper rate. They are not going to pay double the rate for a farmer group because they are nurturing that group. So it is a free market forces. That's how world works. That's how efficiency is brought in. So where we do is we don't tie them up with one corporate. We, where we work and many professionals work is we tie them up with six alternate markets. One is the ENA the internet marketing option where anyone can sell from home, you know, by the way, photographs and across the country. Second one is NCDX, commodity futures, prices. They can hedge, it's like a share market, you know. They can sell their commodity today today itself uh, after harvest three months later. And the price is fixed now, prefix. It's like a contract. <coughs> Third one is large corporates. It could be Mother Dairy, Jane Irrigation, blah, 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 Pepsi, Coke, their vendors, hundreds of them. They're all directly. The fourth one is the small processor, smaller retailer within the district who are also a big market. And the seventh one, which for horticulture is direct marketing to household societies. All our horticulture appears in Pune, Bangalore. They have their own vehicle, pickup van for eight lakhs, whatever, buggy, and they go to the societies and sell it directly. They make 40% higher margin. Mm -hmm. The seventh option is their own shops, like in West Bengal. The government of West Bengal has got a scheme. Government offers shops free of cost MPOs. They have their own retail, Sufal Bangla outlets, mm -hmm. retail outlets. So there are seven marketing channels. All these channels are given to them and they decide. So there's not a question of depending on anybody's, uh, what is it, uh, uh, charity. This is business, there's no charity. Mm -hmm. So we, we make them business. And we have an MBA program of five days. We have four books. You must have had a look at some of them. Yeah. We are writing two more books, hopefully one with uh, MDSFAC also now, another book, which will be an really understanding of what agri-value chains operate in India and how to penetrate the global market and FPOs also, the tools and techniques. Now, what we find is 
that uh, the management training is very critical. A banker, for example, people criticize. Banks don't give loans. There is credit guarantee of two crore. In fact, Madam Neil Kamalji was also mentioning yesterday the national uh, podcast. I mean, the national. It was a nationally beamed uh, uh, fireside chat. But Madam had mentioned that uh, only uh, two hundred alone firms. Uh, I mean, uh, the loans have been given sanctioned. Though we have a, a thousand crore provision now, so only two hundred. Why? I will not blame the bankers alone. I will blame the professionals who are working the field. I'll blame the FPOs. Because if you have a good business plan, you are able to present the business plan to the banker. There is no reason why no banker will step in. We work with NBFCs extensively, four or five of them, and they may rate be at 14%. But even if at 14% rate of interest, the farmer is able to get 50% higher prices by storing commodity for three months. It says business sense, do it. We do that every day. Within one month of registering FPOs, we give them credit linkage. We find it so easy. Why is it anybody else finding it difficult? There are some mistakes somewhere now. So the ecosystem, you, you train the business, the, the board of directors on FPO. What is break-even point? What is return on investment? If I buy, if I store onion, which is 10 rupees a kg for three months, and it becomes 16 rupees a kg in three months, I'm making six rupees a kg. If I pay interest of 14% also, it works out about 1.3% a month. So in three months of holding, I'm paying 4.6%. By paying 4.6% for say uh, X amount, say 10 lakhs, I'm paying about how much? Uh, 46,000 rupees. But the benefit I'm getting is the storage of 10 lakh produce, meaning it may be that I'm making something like 30 lakhs or 25 lakhs, depending on how much I've stored with that money. So meaning once they see this benefit, cost benefit, they find that absolutely right. So these are simple things which somehow nobody is teaching the owner director. So and when so when the banker interviews them, banker will have one hour interview, be it NBFC or thing. Not with us, not with them. It's with the board of director. Board of director explains all this with an Excel sheet. <laughs> he will we prepare the Excel sheet. He will show it to them and also show the figures. These are these people know what they are doing. Let us give the loan. They may not give twenty lakhs. Ten lakhs they will see how they are doing the first three months. Then they will enhance it. So teach, making the farmers entrepreneur is key. Through short duration MBA, our manuals are that. We teach them for morning, eight eight, 9 o'clock onwards to night 12 in five days. We do that every three months. So it's a practical MBA, practical MBA and practical business planning and management. Then the ecosystem will support them. Does, does the FPO model work better with certain kinds of produce? Uh, say to take again the example of Sahyadri, uh, they've taken up uh, grapes or, yeah. or pomegranate with, with an year-round uh, output and with an export uh, orientation. Uh, would it work with uh, something like staples, rice or cereals and yeah. oil seeds? Now, what we have found is on a broad average, a farmer who's into cereals, food crops, makes say about uh, only one-fifth of those who are into horticulture. You know, I'm right now in Himachal, it is for this only, converting them from wheat, funded by the ADP, a thousand crore project, whatever, funded by the ADP, we are evolving the inception plan. So they are into wheat and uh, maize here. They make maximum 50,000 rupees as net income every year per acre in, in the Himachal. Now we are planning to convert them to pomegranate, convert them into citrus fruits, because there is heavy demand for that. And the based on the tonnage and market prices, they could earn even 6 to 10 lakhs per acre. Meaning, income increase five times more by going towards horticulture products. This is well known because presently there is a demand supply gap in horticulture. So this, so we're going into commodities like horticulture is a means by which 
farmers can make higher incomes. But we cannot expect all the farmers in India going this. Then horticulture will <laughs> That's a In fact, the solution to all this is one of the solutions is, is how do we evacuate the marketable surplus? Within four or five years, all the crores of farmers, we will double their income, whatever. We'll assume we can do it through professional methods. But ultimately, where will the commodity go? Because the Indian market is saturated. Because consumer willing, it's a question of money with the consumer also. Saturated. Until we penetrate the global market, which we are only 2% in most commodities. Like I told you, we had just been to the Middle East to a global value chain study. 30 or $40 billion the demand of horticulture in the Gulf region alone. And more than 80% of the business controlled by Malayalis, Sindhis or Marwaris. Malayalis, most of them. All our own NRIs. But only 10% of the, the things which they import to GCC and UAE is from India. They say variety is not good. Nobody has discussed with them what variety. Size is not appropriate. Color is not appropriate. Then the grading sorting is not appropriate. No one else has bothered to interact even. So, you know, we can double our horticulture export in one year if we just interact with our NRI brethren in each region. <laughs> in the Asian region, in Canada, in the Malaysia, Singapore. Because they are controlling the economies and trade in many cases. You know, but we are not bothered to do it. So, getting the right varieties and doing it is very important. We can easily explore, expand the market also, which should be something we, we start working on right now. Uh, Padman, and finally, uh, give us one uh, interesting success story uh, in, in your experience. Yeah. Uh, I would say a success story would be not something like, say, Sahyadri, which has taken several decades, right. or say the Arun model. A success story is someone who in three or four years is doing five crore business. We expect all our FPOs to do it. So five crore business meaning if there are 500 farmers. Could you give an example of, of, yeah, of I'll give you. some FPO So I'll tell you the logic also. If it is five crores business, two and a half crore from input purchase, two and a half crore from direct common marketing. Though they can do 10 crore of common marketing with 2000 tons. At least 25% they do joint marketing. Others through their individual. So five crores of business means one lakh of transaction per farmer, assuming 500 farmers per FPO. One lakh of transaction, they are making 20 to 25% of benefit for each farm because it's either cost reduction or higher price increase. So meaning the farmer will be increasing his income by about 40 to 50% directly through this without crop advisory and various distress sale and other things. This itself will increase income by 50%. This can be done in a matter of three months. We don't need two years. One harvest, <laughs> you know, if the good provisions are working. So, <clears throat> so this is the, this should be the objective that every FPO does five crores of business. And uh, could you repeat the question again? No, no I said, uh, can, yeah. can you give us uh, an illustration exactly. of, of So we, who are the FPOs success. doing this five crore business? Mm -hmm. I would say in each state, we are working in 11 states now. 300 members in the FPO team alone. Mm -hmm. so, the MSME sector also, we are market leaders. We are big team there. Uh, we are, we are facilitating that also with SIDB and various other organizations. Now, FPO alone, you would find that uh, at least in every state, there are people we are working with. There'll be 30, 40 FPOs who are doing five crore turnover in a matter of three years. How is this? Uh, no, who are these? For example, one is say Sai Pravara. It's in Aurangabad. Earlier, uh, Ashok Chamanji is the leader. Earlier, it was under the World Bank sponsored state government. It's World Bank ADB is through the state government. They give soft loan state government. They only provide technical monitoring and we implement. Yeah. So what you'll find is Sayyadriya, this uh, Ashok Chavanji Sai Pravara. 
had started off with basically an input shop. Now they are doing two crores of input shop operations. They are largely into maize, maize thing. And what we did was we tied them up with CPCs. So CPCs after the input shop operation, CPCs transferred their seeds, good agricultural practices, which increased a 20% increase in yield and 10% reduction cost. This was also facilitated. Then we helped them set up a common facility center of 20 lakhs for grading sorting of uh, maize before supply to CPCs or to anybody else. This was third intervention. Fourth intervention was now they are setting up a cattle feeding plant. Fifth intervention was federating them in with 20 other FPOs. So totally 20 FPOs were federated together, jointly supplied to CPCs under Ashok Chavan's leadership, 20,000 farmers. So this was a good model which you could do in one year. And similar models all over we had. Say in Andhra, I can give you one example. Within one year, a Chile FPO had just been formed, registered and all that. Within six months, it's doing one and a half crore of input purchase. Because in Chile, tying up with Syngenta and with Bayer, etc., big input suppliers, 25% reduction cost, they got their inputs. Because in Chile, it's 35,000 rupees per acre with the cost of pesticides allowed. <laughs> you know? so, so many cases where this 5 crore, 4 crore is all realized by within a period of 3 years, I'll say it's a benchmark. Involving most active members, and not a dummy FPO, most members being involved, is a benchmark. We have hundreds of such cases amongst our 1,000 FPOs. And I'm sure there are hundreds of other cases in the ecosystem because we also give these national awards, you know, with Economic Times, someone that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So we also assess the FPOs across the country regularly. Right. So all in all, there is... Uh, uh, we should lose heart, you know. With no, not at all. Not at all. That, 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 that is, not at all. There are good professionals working. There are large professionals working. Earlier, <laughs> earlier professionals were not into this ecosystem. We got in here six years ago, but we got in, we were also learning, trying. Now there are sufficient number of experts. It's only question of disseminating the expertise. And the ecosystem will change because the levers, the successful farmers, successful FPOs, successful state government IAS officers, successful and knowledgeable IAS officers in Delhi and knowledgeable ministers and members of parliament, all of them will advocate for us. Right. You know, so I don't want to mention names, it's not right. But many of them are now advocating after seeing it. Seeing is believing. Right, Padmanan, thank you very much for joining us today on Field Notes. And until we meet next week, goodbye and God bless. You're listening to the Hindu Business Lines Field Notes podcast with T.R. Vivek.